We have all been forced to deal with a bad boss. But a bad boss isn't limited to just your direct supervisor. They can be an important client, an investor, your company's board, or your manager. So how do you deal with these difficult people? In this episode of Bootstrappers, we'll show you how to deal with that bad boss. Welcome back to Bootstrappers, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs scale their businesses with remote teams. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen of Antiquim, where we've helped hundreds of companies with highly skilled virtual assistants. So on today's episode, we're talking about bad bosses. Bad bosses, I mean, I've had bad bosses and then I've had clients that just have been so absolutely difficult. And so I think this is an important topic because we're always dealing with difficult people. I mean, I always tell our team that uh, our job really is to alleviate headaches. And so all of our jobs, these people come up. So the first thing is understanding how this person thinks, kind of digging into their psychology if you're dealing with a difficult person. I had a client who kept saying to the their virtual assistant, Um, I don't know why this is taking you so long. I could do this in one-tenth of the time it takes you. And so anyway, I had to, he was, they were both complaining about each other. The virtual assistant was complaining about him. He was complaining about the virtual assistant. And so I had to give him some coaching to see if his behavior, if his change of his behavior and the way he spoke to the virtual assistant could help them work together in a more productive way. But Talking to this guy, he was kind of an egomaniac. So the best way to address an egomaniac is to stroke that ego. So I was like, look, I'm gonna call him Dan. It's not his real name. Look, Dan, I can tell. I've been talking to you for a long time. You're a really smart guy. You're just smarter than most people. You just are. So you're gonna have to be a little bit more patient and a little bit nicer to get what you want out of other people. I mean, and so, I gave him a compliment while redirecting. So obviously, if that's your boss, you're not going to be able to be like, look, Dan, you know, you're really smart. (laughs) Other people aren't going to understand. So you can't really talk to people that way, depending on what your relationship is with them. But the, the key point there is just understand what's going on with that person, what makes them tick what is important to them, how they see the world through their own eyes, what their um, limitations are, what they're overcoming personally, like what their um, insecurities are. And if you know those things and that psychology behind it, it can help you manage your conversations in an effective way. So that's like the first thing about a bad boss is just kind of understanding that landscape that is them as a human being. The The next thing is just to not take it personally. Um, it's very hard if someone is speaking to you in a disrespectful way, in a condescending way, in a way where you can never win. It can be really hard to not take that personally. But one thing over the years that I have learned is that people respond to you or people's response to you almost never has anything to do with you. It has so much to do with them. So 
I always tell my kids this, they think it's a terrible way to explain the world, but I'm like, you just be who you are and give up the outcome. And what I mean by that is that we don't have control over other people, but we have control over our own uh, ways of presenting ourselves in the world and being proud of who we are. And so we can't take people's response to that personally because they're just responding to how they see the world in their heads. So if you can remember that the way that they're reacting has nothing to do with you, has a way to, it has everything to do with them, don't take it personally. It can make it easier and less emotionally exhausting dealing with these bad managers on a day-to-day basis. Another thing to do to work with a difficult boss is to get very clear on what it is exactly that they want from you. So we do this by asking questions. Now, a good boss is going to present this to you on their own. They're going to be like, here are my priorities. This is how you know we work well together. I like this. I don't like that. That's what a good boss does. But a bad boss isn't going to do that for you. So you have to draw it out of them by asking them questions. So you're going to be like, I need to know your priorities because this helps me prioritize without bothering you. So you know, is customer service your number one thing? Is operational success your number one thing? Like, is just bottom line, like you just wanna see the numbers at the end of the month, like how do you prioritize the importance of your business and then how do you want me to prioritize things? Um, So if you know what what they prioritize, you can kind of think on your feet, anticipate what they want and give it to them before they ask you. Because one of the things about a bad manager is that lack of clarity. But if you can ask questions that help clarify what they're looking for, what they want, uh, what a, what winning looks like to them, you're gonna be more successful working with this difficult person. Another way to really manage a bad boss in your life is setting boundaries with them. I'm gonna tell you about a time I didn't set boundaries with a bad boss, so I had a, a very beautiful multi-family building that was being built. The construction was delayed. So I managed the last part of the construction project and then helped fill that building with renters and got it on its feet. Through that process, I had a very, very negative and difficult boss and I had absolutely no boundaries. And so I was working day and night to please an un- a person who was not able to be pleased. Um, and so those that lack of boundaries really affected me personally. And um, so I in that situation, I didn't really gain the experience of setting a boundary, but I've seen boundaries go very well with other people who have difficult bosses. So we did have a virtual assistant who was working with a property manager and they both like hated each other after the first week. And so I told the virtual assistant to have a heart to heart with this property manager and use the words, be very specific about what this person was doing that made them so difficult to work with. So you, I told them, be very specific about what phrases you find unmotivating. So this person 
just was very chaotic. They had ADHD and they were just all over the place. And so I think that was the main thing that he addressed was like, when you give me this wide ranging, unclear direction, I'm very, un and then are mean about it, I'm very unmotivated. So since they were new working together, he first established like, you don't know me that well, but I am a very hard worker. I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z for you. This is how I, I go above and beyond. If I don't know something, I'm gonna learn about it. And that's the kind of person I am. But I find it very unmotivating, which is a unique experience for me because I'm a highly motivated person when you do X, Y, and Z. And I really think I can add value to your organization if we just communicate in a different way. And when he did that, it really kind of transformed this relationship. And these two people ended up going on for years working with one another. And this employee ended up doing so well in his job once they had a better understanding of how to communicate with one another that he ended up running the whole property management company while this guy started another business. And then when he created the other business, this guy, this employee David, ended up running that company. So they had a really long uh, time working together. It was super positive, but it started out with the with David, the employee, having boundaries with him on how he would be able to be his best self, how he needed to be communicated with, and that set out a relationship that benefited both of them for a very long time. Dealing with a bad boss usually comes down to having very poor communication. I mean, I'm not saying that's always the big thing, but poor communication is definitely part of the sauce on why the relationship's dysfunctional. So there are a few ways to overcome poor communication. One is to take amazing notes. So let's talk about written communication. There are two different ways to have amazing notes. One is if you have a manager where the end goal is always moving, so one day they tell you to do something a specific way, and then the next day you get in trouble for doing it exactly as they told you to do it that way because they changed the way they wanted you to do it. This is a very frustrating experience. So if you write down the process or procedure that you've been asked to follow, it really helps provide the clarity for yourself and others on how you're operating. So if someone gives you direction and you write it down, and then months later they're like, I don't know why you're doing it that way, I want you to do it this way, then you can bring up those notes and you're, you can say, I'm sorry, we had a conversation, I wrote these notes down, and I'm just confused because you told me to operate this way, now you're telling me to operate that way, what would you prefer? And then if you always take notes uh, and you make your own process and procedure, number one, you're helping them make their business better. Number two, when they lack clarity, you're providing the clarity for them, for yourself and for the team. When there's clarity, people can operate even if people are emotionally immature. Um, and this also gives you credibility in the organization and they know you're someone who is competent and who can be trusted, which helps you elevate. Sometimes you'll find if you are dealing with an immature, immature person, 
that when you're competent, when you're not emotional, when you write your stuff down and you have your own processes and procedures, you can get elevated really quickly because sometimes they realize how bad they are with people and you show your competence and your ability to deal, deal with people, they will sometimes get out of the way if they're smart enough. And it's a, it's a way that you can really progress in a company. Another way to have good communication is to write all the notes down and be kind of like the minutes taker of any meetings that you have. So if your manager gives you direction or forgets something that they told you and you go back to your minutes, it creates kind of a guide for and a rationale for why you behave the way you did or notes to make sure you don't get in trouble for things that you know you did correctly. And that can cut out a lot of drama and a lot of emotional anguish if you take great notes and you communicate effectively. When you're dealing with difficult people, it's really important to kind of know what their pet peeves are. We can do this by asking them, but we can also do this by just making sure that we don't ask the same question twice. For most difficult people, asking them the same question twice is something that makes them crazy. And so if you're, write your, this goes back to your documentation, if you write like a way for you to do your own job, if they're not gonna provide it for you, down, then you never have to ask the same question twice and you can be competent because you have written notes that are your memory in case you forget. And they, and when they kind of go ballistic or crazy, you can just go back to your notes and have the confidence in your own demeanor so that you don't go to their same level of emo being emotionally out of control. So, on our team, we always talk about Michelle Obama's, when they go low, you go high. And I think that this is an important way to deal with difficult people. When somebody is getting extremely outrageously emotional, if you keep your calm, speak slowly and quietly, it helps them co-regulate, if you will. So we know this with kids that if they're having like a tantrum or whatever, and we're really calm, it helps them regulate themselves. Same thing happens with difficult people and bad bosses. So uh, it's just really important to keep your call, your, keep calm and make sure that you have the confidence in what you say because you know in your heart of hearts that you are really good at your job. You have notes on what you have to do, you haven't asked for questions twice, you're anticipating their needs, you're getting things done, you're not creating drama. And so when you have that confidence, when there's kind of a chaotic moment, it's easy to say, cool as a cucumber. So, and this leads us to just being a high performer. When we're dealing with chaotic, immature, uh, difficult people, when we're confident in our own work product, they can't get under our skin because we just know that we're awesome at this job. We've done everything it takes. We come to work focused. And this also helps in our personal lives. Like if you are dealing with a difficult person in your personal life, um, I've always looked at Al-Anon, which is an organization that helps people deal with alcoholics as kind of a model for all difficult people in our lives. Al-Anon's 
big tenant is just like focusing on what you have control over, focus on yourself. And the same thing goes at work with difficult people. If you are just like, I'm gonna have a great day, I'm gonna be focused, I'm gonna do my best at my job. I don't have control over other people, other people's reactions. I just am in charge of my own response. It gives you a level of control. And then at the end of the day, you can reflect on that level of control and if you're proud of your performance and give yourself a pat on the back. Um, if you did great that day, I mean, if you have a bad boss, they're not gonna do it, so you might as well do it for yourself. The next thing is to seek help from others. If you're dealing with a really difficult boss, you can't do that on your own. It does help to have somebody else in your same boat dealing with the same person. That camaraderie can keep you guys going. Now, that's tricky because you don't have office gossip. It can blow up in your face if it comes up later. I mean, probably better to not have somebody in the office that you complain to or let off steam to, but it is important to be able to share your experience with somebody. You wanna make sure that you validate your feelings. Obviously, people can't treat you badly and um, it's inappropriate and it's helpful to just get that off your chest in some way, shape, or form. Now, if this bad boss makes your mental health terrible, you know, if you're losing sleep, if your health is failing because you're dealing with a difficult person, I mean, the last thing is you can always leave. So with this bad boss that I had, that I had no boundaries with, um, I remember leaving, I think, I felt like I was in that movie, uh, The Devil Wears Parada, when she throws her phone into, I think it's a fountain or something like that. I had that experience, I hadn't seen my, kids for like, two, I'd worked every day for 14 days straight. And I kept telling my kids, I have this long number of days that I'm working, but then we're going to go to the zoo. So then I go to the zoo and she's blowing up my phone about not important things. And I just told my husband, I'm not working for this woman anymore. I just shut my phone off and I never talked to her again, <laughs> which I don't recommend. This is like terrible advice. But there is a point where you have to take care of yourself, right? You can't do anything for anyone else if you can't take care of yourself. And this is that moment if this bad boss in your life is a bad client, um, is a bad board member, is a bad business partner, whoever this person is in your life, there is a moment where you have to say, I'm not gonna live my life this way anymore. I'm not gonna handle this person in my life. I'm not gonna do this. This is, I'm always gonna have problems, but this is not the problem I'm going to have any longer. And we do have control over our lives. We can choose who we spend our lives with. And maybe there's a lesson to be learned in working with that difficult per person. I learned a lot from that experience working at that beautiful multifamily building and finishing that construction project and filling all those units, there was a lot to be learned and I needed that moment in my life for a period of time. And I'm grateful for that experience actually in many ways because I learned so much from it. But it did come to a time where that chapter needed to be closed. I was clear about when that was and I have no regrets about closing that chapter when that time was over. So, in conclusion, if you have a difficult boss or investor or someone in your life, 
understand their psychology, number one thing. Communicate with them. If they're not gonna tell you how to work best with them, uh, what their priorities are proactively, ask questions so you can get to the bottom of that. Have impeccable communication with them. Document everything from your own processes and procedures to answers to questions that you have to notes on specific situations. Uh, document, communicate well. Make sure you understand their priorities. Focus on your own performance. Have confidence in your own abilities. When they go low and they're negative or crazy or chaotic, you stay even keel, professional, proud of your behavior. And if you just stay positive, you can get through a lot of these difficult situations. And if it comes to your health or the working with this person, choose your health, choose yourself. So I hope that those tips help with de dealing with a difficult boss and We'll see you next time on the Bootstrappers podcast. Having a regular meeting cadence is crucial for both you and your team. So in the show notes, download our free reusable one-on-one -on -one meeting form to take your one-on-one -on -one meetings to the next level.